It was so hot this weekend that even my tires were tired. (laughs) (laughs) A modern podcast where Chris and Mike talk about TV, movies, superheroes, and everything in between. It's time for Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And on today's show, we have Spider-Man casting news. Mm-hmm. Uh, Transformers rumors, you know, Mike's favorite. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) A bunch of E3's recap, and a very special guest. Ooh, special Uh, guest. To to help us make sure we cover all the gaming news and stuff that came out of E3, we have Quentin Parker returning on the show. Quentin, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm assuming this is where I say hello. Yeah, you can say hi now. (laughs) Oh, man, you catch on quick. I mean, it's like you've done a show or two before with us. You know, I feel like I'm returning home. Yeah, if you're yeah. if you're new to the show, relatively new, Quentin was on some of the very first uh, episodes of Superhero Slate, so uh, we decided to bring him back on, especially for this week, because we're going to talk about a lot of video game news. And as I've said many times before, is I just don't play video games as much as I used to. I wish I had more time, but these two guys, Chris and Quentin, may find a way to make time to play <laughs> games. So I think the, you guys will be able to talk a little bit more intelligently about the announcements that came out last week about video games. Yeah, so I mean, uh, so just to give you guys a heads up, the show might go a little longer. Equipment's in episode, I believe, 10, and he also did movie nights with us when we watched Pixels. So if you uh-huh. guys are interested in watching Pixels with our commentary over it, uh, Quentin you know, brought some colorful remarks to that, so it was really fun. <laughs> uh, and um, what's really cool is me and Quentin play on Xbox Live. Yesterday, I think it had to been more than, I said five hours earlier, it had to been more than five hours of Overwatch um, yesterday, and then the weekend before, it wasn't like almost like a 12-hour day of just Overwatch, Quentin? Yeah, the weekend before was definitely much longer, uh, We we but we planned that date out. Yesterday, we, <laughs> yeah. we all just kind of ended up on trying to take a look at some games and ended up just settling in with overwatch and got a pretty good group going and lots of fun ensued yeah i, I made a, i recorded a lot of clips yesterday so I, I do hope to go back and watch those and have some fun with it Man, um, i'm so i'm so far behind it's like so easy for you guys it's so easy for this next gen console to just record stuff like mm-hmm. back in the day like people just had to like buy hardware plug it into screens record things to hard drives and you guys are just doing all this crazy stuff now i don't even understand it yeah, man. I'm even sending out those Twitch streams. Yeah, we we, we have. I we, I mean, I believe Mike, you've watched Twitch streams of Quentin play stuff, haven't you? Yeah, it was it was really weird. I felt like I was definitely in some sort of new uh, generation of video game entertainment because I have I have my my giant TV that my uh, wonderful wife bought me for uh, Christmas the other year. So I have this like giant sixty inch TV in this apartment, and like I have like Twitch on the big screen and then like uh andy looks over at me and she's like oh are you playing video games it's like no i'm not playing video games i'm watching my friends play video games and they're streaming it into <laughs> our house right now and it was just like really weird because she was just like over there working and every once in a while she'll hear one of your two like voices like pop up or something she's like wait a minute who is that <laughs> <laughs> my favorite is whenever we we send you know quentin a message on twitch and like 
he doesn't get it for like three minutes and then he says it and then like it's like another minute delay through the stream before his voice reaches us <laughs> so he's already answered the question by the time i'm asking the next one and mm. this is just awesome so yeah um but before we get to video game news let's jump into our comic book slash superhero slash movie slash tv news that we got a little bit of this week not a mm-hmm. lot per se but we got some news it's lots of there's um, a lot of casting stuff so that's usually usually something that we can talk about Yes, so first up, Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, We're a little over a year away from this movie. Really excited for it. Big news. A fan favorite, Donald Glover, has joined the film. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the rumor is that he might be playing the character called Prowler, um, but Uh. we're unsure of the role. A lot of other people say he's going to be playing Miles Morales. What do you guys think? Nope. I'm I'm just going to go ahead and shut that down right now. Anybody who thinks Donald Glover is still the uh, the appropriate, I guess, age to play Miles is just totally does not really understand the character. But I do think it's kind of funny that if he plays the Prowler, because I believe that's Miles' uncle, right? Is that who that is? The, the in, the u- in the Ultimate Universe, he was Miles' uncle. In the yeah. regular universe, he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, if, if, if this movie would have happened sooner, like maybe he could have played Miles. But since they waited long enough, now they have to like upgrade him to uncle. I just think that's kind of funny. So now we're yeah. getting uh, Uncle Donald Glover. <laughs> uncle Glover. <laughs> He, he, I mean, I saw a picture of him recently. He has been, grown his beard out a little bit. He's looking a lot older than he did on Community. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah and, I mean, we, uh, we yeah, can shave ahead. him down. We can shave him down, give him a little bit of makeup, and cut his hair. And I'm sure he'd look at least 10 years younger. <laughs> at least, yeah. But no, Miles. I agree. No, Miles. Miles is a young character, younger than Peter Parker, even. So mm-hmm. I think uh, I save that for a while. I think I think we'll, we'll wait on it for a little bit. Yeah. I, I think I think that's going to end up being probably like Phase Five or something like that. But we'll get Miles whenever, one day. Don't worry, people. <laughs> whenever they run out of Spider-Man and they have to reboot it, but keep it in the same universe, they'll yep. they'll do that. So the next bit of news I think is really exciting for Mike, uh, actor Martin Starr of Silicon Valley, um, mm-hmm. and it is was cast in spider-man in an un you know uh i guess undisclosed role yeah martin star is hilarious he's been in a lot of good stuff he was in a he was in knocked up he's in silicon valley he's kind of like my favorite supporting character he's he's always like playing like the best friend or something like that and he's he's just a really crazy <laughs> crazy guy he was in um he was in freaks and geeks he played like a, a high schooler back in that show with seth rogan and james franco and all those guys but he's he's just really hilarious i love his like try sense of humor um i'm kind of thinking maybe there's a good chance that martin Starr and donald glover might might both play like scientists maybe in homecoming I'm, I'm thinking that they could be friends maybe they're working at oscorp or some sort of uh maybe Roxon or something like that just because um uh, donald glover uh, he, he he shows he kind of can be a nerd he was in um uh was it not interstellar it was um uh the mars movie uh, what was that called? Martian? The, Martian. Yeah, The Martian. He was in there. He was kind of a nerdy guy. Martin Star, Star, as I'm sure you're about to bring up, he was in The Incredible Hulk, and he was kind of in a similar role. Yes. Yeah, so in The Incredible Hulk, he's actually in The Incredible Hulk movie. So this is one of those uh, situations where he's been recast as somebody else. I don't think they're going to bring back Computer Nerd from The Incredible Hulk into Spider-Man. But if they did, you know, so be it. That'd be awesome. You know, they, they as we've seen in Civil War, they're not opposed to bringing Incredible Hulk characters back. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the novelization of The Incredible Hulk, which we talked about via message, he was actually credited as Amadeus Cho, one of the smartest people in the Marvel Comics universe. Hmm. So 
I don't think he's going to play Amadeus Cho. He doesn't look like Amadeus Cho, uh, to be honest, because no. uh, it's a Korean character. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think that's cool. I think he's, he's great. He kind of reminds me of – you guys watch the IT crowd? Yes. Yes. Okay, he reminds me of, like, a, a, a American version of Moss from the uh, IT crowd. I love mm-hmm. Moss. Love that guy. Yeah, so – so I, I think you make a great moss. So that's cool. He's in there. And lastly, uh, actor Logan Marshall Green. He's in uh, Mike's one of Mike's favorite franchises, Prometheus. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and he's been cast possibly as a secondary villain in Spider-Man. All right. And, um, I mean, I guess uh, are we just gonna go ahead and assume that the Vulture is probably gonna be primary? So I'm I'm not too familiar with Prometheus. What is? I mean, not the character. I'm saying, uh, who do you think he's going to be in it? Okay, um, so he's not gonna play Prometheus. That's not a character. That's a movie, Mike. No. Well, but I know. I'm looking at Mike's the so notes. Mike's so confused, I got confused by the aliens, uh, the alien series that he's not even sure what Prometheus is anymore. This just goes <laughs> to show you they need to rename that movie because it makes no goddamn sense. Yeah. So, uh, so in um, in the Marvel universe, I think uh, he will play playing the Tinker, which we uh, said that he creates the Vulture's uh, suit, uh, yeah, as that... reported in the movie. That would be cool. The Tinkerer, I think, would be a cool addition to the Marvel Universe because basically the only guy that we have really making tech is Tony Stark, and he's the good guy. Let's get, like, a bad guy making some really cool, badass tech. And now the other possibility is Martin Starr is the Tinker. There's my, my local train, guys, just to <laughs> let you guys know it's here. Um, and then maybe local Marshall Green's maybe playing, like, maybe the Shocker or, or some other kind of B-list villain we haven't seen a lot of who might appear but not really, like, be a... Uh, um, a main villain, so to speak. You know, we—I don't know. Either way, I think it's fine. I think this is great casting news for Spider-Man: Homecoming. Filming's got to start sooner than later, and I'm really excited to kind of see how this movie starts turning out. Yeah. So, do you think? Uh, last question: Do you think they're going to bring any of Spider-Man: Homecoming to San Diego Comic Con? Oh man, I don't know. Uh, Quentin actually gets to uh, join uh, us at Comic Con this year, so maybe for my he'll first be, time. Yeah, maybe he'll get to, get to see a little bit of that. But uh, I know there is I know there is one thing that's going to be at Comic-Con this year, and I'm really yes. excited for it. Yes, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, my friends. Uh, so, which is really funny because today's Father's Day that we're recording this, and I watched the first Guardians of the Galaxy for the first time with my dad before I, I came to record, and uh, I just love that movie. The movie gets better every time I watch it. I, I can't uh-huh. say a bad thing about it. But Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 has wrapped filming this week. No more filming, okay? Except for the scheduled reshoots, okay? Those are scheduled people and they um james gunn has confirmed that they will have a san diego comic-con presence with footage and this this is a this is a big deal we talked about this a little bit uh, last week and we we were kind of operating on the under the assumption that marvel just wasn't gonna go to comic-con anymore with their movies like oh they'll just save it for like d23 they're in the disney club now but they're james gunn's just like no i got guardians footage i want to show it i'm going to comic-con damn it there we go yeah yeah, that's really cool. And, and also, it'll be paired with uh, Doctor Strange there as well. So I think Doctor Strange uh, needs a Comic-Con, um, uh, a, I guess, panel or floor because no one knows who he is yet. I mean, we got to uh, un- operate under the assumption the common person doesn't know Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Guardians is pretty big. I think that's a huge draw. I think that's great. Uh, I remember getting the leaked footage like three or four years ago uh, with like Rocket and Groot like mm-hmm. spinning around shooting. It was really cool. Now, before we move on to our next topic, San Diego Comic-Con, since you're both going, I have one request. I, I need I need one thing from the floor. Okay. What is it that you need from us, Chris? If you can, and if it's all possible, the Doctor Strange exclusive pop 
from San Diego Comic Con. Oh, geez, pop vinyl. I I can only imagine the the wave of people running to a pop vinyl booth at a Comic Con. <laughs> well, Chris, well, I will try my hardest to uh, to get that for you, and I will keep my eyes open. Well, thank you, Quentin. Since Mike has <laughs> got to worry about the crowds, Mike's yeah, always man. afraid of the crowds. He doesn't like crowds, but he's Comic Con go is nothing. Comic Con is nothing but crowd management. Okay. Well, it is. Any Comic-Con's crowded, to be honest. But if you guys see that, pick one up for me, because I just saw it today, and I'm like, I need to have this. So I just want to make it, put it here on public record that All I right. asked All right. before we'll, we get there. We'll see what we can do. Doctor Strange actually ties into our next topic, believe it or not. Marvel's The Defenders, the, TV, the, the Netflix series, mm-hmm. is, is coming up. And the rumor right now, as of today, is Mephisto is the big bad in that, that miniseries. Yeah. Leading to a supernatural second phase of Netflix series. That would be, gonna, pretty, be pretty badass. Yeah, this is going to be very interesting how they're going to open up with the uh, the supernatural bads now. It, it is. I guess, um, I mean, they, they've got to gotta go, like, they went techie and spacey in the first four, first two phases, you know. So I guess magic and, and, and mysticism and, and hell are, you know, <laughs> unexplored. Now, from each of you, let's start with Quentin here. What character, supernatural character, would you like to see get a Netflix show? Ooh, let's see. I mean, what do we have? What are what are some of our good options that we could believe in? I mean, we My, all think about Moon Knight uh, being someone that might be slated for yeah. a Netflix series. It might be pretty good for something like that. Um, right. We got Moon Knight. Mike, you have an option? Man, I, I really want to see Ghost Rider. Just, just because, like, I know a lot of people talk about the budget. They're just like, oh, you're not going to be able to do, like, a skeleton, flame, motorcycle. You're not going to be able to do all that in a Netflix series. But it's just like, I just want it, okay? Like, we, like Ghost Rider has just been a character that just has not gotten its due. You know, it's had some really bad movies. I mean, Nick Cage is just, like, crazy, man. I, like, just attaching him to that role is already really bizarre to begin with. Uh, but, yeah, I think a Ghost Rider would just be really awesome. Like, maybe... Maybe, okay, maybe if, if we had to pull some punches, if we had to be, like, even keel and meet in the middle somewhere, just maybe, like, a cameo for, like, one or two episodes. Maybe he's kind of a little bit, like, stick. Not wearing, like, he has, like, the same uh, function, but maybe he shows up for, like, oh, like an episode, comes back later in the season. But, like, I just want to see a badass Ghost Rider, like, messing around with, like, Punisher and Daredevil. Like, nothing would be cooler than that. Okay. Uh, well, to throw my two cents in there, I think Blade. I think if you're gonna go supernatural, you got vampires. Mm-hmm. Give it, give us Blade in there. I think I, uh, he's ripe for the picking again. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, I mean, I, again, I love, I like watching Blade one and two. I think Blade one and two are good movies. Uh, Del Toro did a great on the second one. I think it's time for him to come back in to the fold and uh, not get a movie. But I think. Yeah, I think all these would be great. And I was, Moon Knight's probably the best choice. I forget how supernatural his powers are, and not just that he's crazy in the head, but that yeah. he's also deals with the conchu. So yeah, I think that uh, Moon Knight would probably be the more obvious choice if we're gonna be like sliding into the supernatural, uh, def- in making the defenders a little bit more of a supernatural realm that they that they operate in. But uh, I also agree that Blade is probably, if not a, a tied, a close second to being the best option for that as well. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm excited to see The Defenders. We don't know what it's going to consist of yet. Is it four small episodes? Is it a 13-episode series? I mean, who knows, right, at this point? But I'm glad to hear a little bit of rumor and news and stuff milling on about that. Yeah, love rumors. So good. Yes. Uh, We're going to switch gears and talk uh, a little DC stuff here. Suicide Squad, another thing that's probably going to be at San Diego Comic-Con. 
um, is the, the the news this week was Joker's tattoos tell a story. They're not just tattoos like to have tattoos. And uh, a bunch of stuff from David Ayer this week. You know, the tattoos he got them from looking at crime lords on Instagram. I don't know if you guys read that. Like, he looked up drug lords on Instagram, and, like, that's where he kind of got them from. I don't know if I like the idea of a director with a million of dollars under his belt. He's doing his research on Instagram hashtags. His inspo board is just, I'm just going to hashtag tattoos from Instagram and see what I get. (laughs) Yeah, and that that also ties into this last point. He made the cast fight each other to get comfortable with each other, like, like when they were auditioning. So, like... So was he just like they were training in a martial arts dojo and just learning to do what judo throws with each other? I I don't know. I mean, this was in casting and not training. So I I honestly probably think it's it's more of a like, okay, this is a scene you have to do with each other and there's quote unquote fighting. Um, Hmm. So we're not going to train you, just kind of act it out. You know what? I I like to imagine that he just threw a pair of boxing gloves at each of the actors and made them do their reads and then throw some punches. He made them fight for the role. He's like, if you want to be Captain Boomerang, it's going to be whoever walks out of the door not bleeding as much. He just my, throws my a script is, in the middle of the room. My guess is no one fought over that role. Everyone just walked out except uh, Jay, Jay Courtney, who I just hate. I hate him so much. Like He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the biggest douche in this movie. You watch. You watch there, and see. There you go. So, uh, but yeah, so that, that's a little bit of Suicide Squad news. That's cool to hear. And that's going to lead us right into Justice League news. Uh, uh, okay. Some interesting stuff here. So Amber Heard has been uh, rumored to be Mara in this film, uh, part of the underwater stuff. And her role is in jeopardy because of apparent weight loss due to her recent divorce. Ooh. Okay. Get a little yeah. TMZ with the Justice League news. Uh, but, man. Okay. I mean... We- I don't know. I still don't know how I feel about Justice League. A Suicide Squad just needs to really bring me back into this DC love. Yeah. Well, the biggest thing is, uh, out of this, uh, according to reporters who've been on set, there is a big reveal coming for Justice League this Tuesday. Ooh. And um, I don't, I have no idea what it is. I've, I honestly have no idea. What would you guys want to see out of Justice League? Like, what kind of news would bring you into Justice League right now? Well, I mean, they don't really have any footage. I would imagine, because they haven't started shooting the movie yet, have they? Oh, they started in April. Oh, geez. Okay, so they actually might have maybe like a teaser trailer to show or something. I don't know. It's either some sort of teaser trailer, which I think would be like too soon. But, you know, with Warner Brothers, I feel like they have to do nothing but apologies for the next couple of years until they get a good movie out there. Maybe it's like going to be a casting announcement or something like that. Maybe they're going to bring like green lantern into the movie sooner rather than later i mean i know like we've had reports of the green lantern movie is going to wait but like pretty much all those executives over at warner brothers got fired maybe someone came in and said we're not waiting for the green lantern anymore you guys need the green lantern now you're going to make the announcement on tuesday yeah that's yeah. something what about you quentin what would bring you back in uh well i don't think any form of announcements are going to really pique my interest into this dc cinematic universe but what would maybe kind of just a little bit get me interested. It's just some just some behind the scenes, uh, you know, guerrilla photography of what the set looks like. You know, what kind of practical effects are we dealing with? Uh, costume design, just something that's gonna that looks really good, and something that you can leak out to the internet and say, oh, it wasn't us, but something that looks really awesome. The same way we've been getting these soul leaks of uh, of Doctor Strange over the past few months. 
Yeah, I mean, so, I could I, I could see that with it uh, coming to like a, a casting photo because you know, like I said, footage sounds like it's going to be too soon, but that does make sense. Maybe they got all of the Justice League members in their film costumes. They got them all posed, and they you know they're kind of doing that kind of like a Power Rangers photo that we got a couple weeks ago of them standing yeah, on mm-hmm. those like uh, crates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I could see that maybe, but like I don't know if I would say that's a big announcement. But you know, executives like to to. Uh, uh, talk a little uh, over over the edge well, of what they might be getting. Yeah, well, I think the thing is that I think that would be really exciting because they've they've shown concept art of everybody and they they we've seen Wonder Woman and Batman and maybe Superman will be in this photo, maybe not since he's dead. Question mark. <laughs> um, but I mean, I'd like to see everyone in their in their costumes. Maybe they're not all together. Maybe it's one of those like where they they take them all separately and put them together. Yeah. Um. Uh, but I mean, they're gonna bring something to San Diego. And they got to bring the hype to San Diego, and I think that would be a great way to do it. Like, we're mm-hmm. going to give you more footage at San Diego, but before then, here's what everybody looks like before we yeah. get there. Yeah, give us a, give us a little taste, um, because you're, you're, you're struggling right now. Give us just a little taste. you you got to keep us hooked. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So that brings us to a couple of bits of TV news here, a little interesting stuff. Speaking of Superman... Um, Superman has been cast in Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, Tyler Hecklin, Hochlin, I don't know. How, Tyler H from Hochlin. Teen Wolf has been cast as Superman. Yeah, I don't yeah, know I, him. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't think a lot of us are uh, watching Teen Wolf. I think I saw a, a photo of him earlier in the week, and he he looks like he could indeed be a Superman. So I think that the casting is good. I'm just more curious to see. Uh, how they're going to fold Superman into the CW? I want to. I want. I want to see Superman and Batman start to pop up in the CW in some sort of capacity. Like I don't think they need their own shows right away, just because that's like a whole. That's a whole deal. Uh, yeah, just maybe make them pop up once or twice, just to give a, give the geeks uh, something to get excited about. My my theory is he's just going to be in the first two episodes to transition Supergirl to a new universe. Mm. Something happens where he she gets sent over to our or the Flash and Arrow's Earth, but he's like part of it. Like something happens where he's in battle or something, and she gets thrown across the dimensions to start fresh in on on the CW verse, whatever that may be. Hmm. So maybe I don't know. We'll see. If she shows up. We don't know. We don't know. This shows a lot of question marks. A lot of good question marks about about Supergirl. So. We'll keep it posted. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow Season 2 has got some casting. It starts this fall. Also, by the way, we're not waiting for a springtime release again. Uh, with Nick Zano cast as Dr. Nate Haywood, who is the character Steel or Citizen Steel. Hmm. Um, when you think of Steel, Mike, what do you think of when you think of DC and Steel? Uh, I, <laughs> well, actually, when I think of Steel, I think of um, uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Wasn't he in a movie where that's he right? You Steel? think of Shaq? That's right. You think of Shaq. <laughs> Shaq's the yeah. only real Steel. I remember that. I can't. I cannot for the life of me remember really anything that's in the movie. But I think I distinctly remember the VHS box, and I think we had that at our house growing up. And I was that was that attached to a, to the DC universe. Yeah, so after the death of Superman in the comics, um, there were four people who kind of took up the mantle. Steel was one of them. He had like a magic or something sort of sledgehammer that gave him powers and like a steel suit. Yeah, he did have a sledgehammer. It's flowing back to me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. However, this is not that steel. This is Citizen Steel, Commander Steel. It is a man man who has a fully uh, stainless steel skin suit. Mm. Uh, uh, All Mm. right. 
<laughs> so essentially, if Iron Man, like, if Iron Man's Iron Man armor was spandex. Wow. So, wow. Okay. Sure. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's it's really weird. Like when I'm like, oh, steel, that's awesome, and then I'm like, no, it's not that steel. So well, in no. in the TV universe, I think that effect ends up being something that is pulled off really easily because we've seen that. We've seen it in the Flash. We mm-hmm. I we've seen it in um we've seen it in Agents of Shield, and I think it's really easy to pull off. I think you basically just put like a green morph suit on the person, and then they just replace the green with like a shiny texture. So. I could see how that would be easy to pull off. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense in the TV side of things. Yeah, they're really going obscure with Legends of Tomorrow Season 2, it sounds like. Um, so, with the characters, so, I, I don't know, I, I'm interested maybe uh, to see kind of where that goes as well. Maybe it won't just be, you know, uh, a spin. Like, I don't know, the first one felt more like a direct spinoff off an episode of The Flash and Arrow. And I'm like, okay, I don't care enough. But maybe they'll go a little more obscure and be its own thing going forward. And that brings us to another show that... Quentin, do you watch Gotham? No. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, so they're recasting the character Poison Ivy. Um, the whole actress, the little young girl's being booted out. They're casting an older one in there who will play a more involved role in Season 3. So a lot yeah. more Poison Ivy in Season 3. I think if I remember right, wasn't Poison Ivy a, a, like a young kid that was in the very first episode of Gotham? Because that that pilot episode is the only thing I watched, and I think they pretty much crammed every villain every villain into that first episode in some way. Yeah, from what I, I know, she was a little young girl, and she was in both seasons one and two. I, I don't know the exactly the scope of her in the. Um, I, I guess right here uh, she was um, in three episodes in season two, so we don't feel too bad. Uh, but so she'll be recast as an older version. I don't know. Poison Ivy's cool, I guess. I, I don't know how it works without a Batman, really, but I, mm. I, Gotham is a is a mystery. To all three uh, of us, it's a mystery, and shall remain. <laughs> and a mystery it, it shall, shall remain. If anyone out there who listens to us is still watching Gotham, let us know uh, what, where you think Poison Ivy can go in this world yeah, with a character kn- named Fish Fish Mooney. Let us know what we're missing, because I think Arrow's probably going to get dropped off my watch list here, so maybe Gotham will replace it. <laughs> uh, M- Mike is taking applications right now for his <laughs> next TV show. For my next TV show, yeah. So, all right. Uh, some bad news here. Lego Movie 2 uh, mm-hmm. has been pushed back a whole year. Oh man. I really like the first Lego Movie, uh, again, uh, but it's been pushed back to February 8th, 2019. Rough. I don't know if I can wait that long for another Lego movie to be relevant. Mm. Does the um, it, does the Lego Batman movie is that 2016 or 2017? Uh, it is not this year. Okay, so, so it's I'm, so it's definitely going to be 2017 then. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's got to be a year gap between our Lego movies, but um, I don't know. I wonder why they're pushing it back. It doesn't really make any sense. Uh, that Lego movie doesn't really uh, bump up into anything that's. Uh, involved with the dc universe but i don't know maybe uh maybe they just wanted to render the legos a little bit better i don't know yeah it needs to look a little more stop animation-y <laughs> so oh well uh I, I guess everything is not awesome am i right uh, hey hey oh oh i need two no. groans per episode uh, so that's why quentin's here all right moving on to the my favorite part of the news here transformers the last night the fifth transformers movie has a bunch of rumors here I'm gonna go through them. I want your reactions as we go through, and and, and like grunts, yays, nays, whatever. I don't care. We'll talk about it at the end. But first, Optimus Prime discovers he made Cybertron a dead planet. Oh, oh, nice. That's yeah. Add drama. Look, he, <laughs> he needs a mysterious artifact to bring it back to life. 
Okay. Run of the mill. Okay, yep, very standard MacGuffin. The artifact that he's looking for is given to Merlin and helped create magic in King Arthur land. All right. What? Okay, right, <laughs> yep, see, we're, now we're starting to lose it, right? I get it. Uh, on Earth, Bumblebee leads the Transformers, consisting of at least Hound, Crosshairs, Drift. I don't know who those are anymore. I gave up caring. Um, and they're located in the Badlands of South Dakota. Okay, whatever. All I'm right. sure that's where we find our next leading character in South Dakota, some high school or something like that. Well, so <laughs> we got Mark Wahlberg coming back. So that's <laughs> the Dinobots will also return with other Dinobots as well, not just the uh, big because they want because they want the humans to ride on the Dinobots. I'm no, sure. I, want, I only want big Dinobots. <laughs> I, I want the I want the Raptor from from uh, Beast Wars. Oh, oh yeah, Ooh. that that guy was sassy. <laughs> he was, and he and he was, he was such a turncoat every time you you, you looked at him. Um, yes. Lastly, there are now British Transformers because you know Merlin, King Arthur. Oh uh, man, th- called- these these Transformers are going to be so stereotypical. I guarantee there's going to be some Transformer that's drinking oil out of a, like a, a cup, and he's going to say it's like his spot of tea or something like that. I would put like twenty dollars down on that happening. The oil, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, thankfully, one of them is named Cogman, which is very, very British yeah. uh, for a name. He turns into an Aston Martin. Uh, no James Bond crossover yet. Uh, knock on wood. And one called Squeaks, who turns into a Vespa. <laughs> yeah, I want to see that. I'll, I'm going to see this movie just so I can see a Vespa transform and be squeaky. Mike, get, Mike gets excited for scooters. <laughs> that he does. He loves his mopeds, buddy. Um, there will be a, a something called the Creator, who is tied into the origins of the robots. Maybe tying back to why Cybertron's a dead planet. I don't know. Uh, a lot of people want Unicron still. Don't think we'll ever get him. Uh, and lastly, Megatron is still a fighter jet. All right. So, cool. All right. Well, okay. Well, I mean, it, can, it sounds like half good, half bad there. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a little uh, ridiculous to br- be bringing in, uh, medieval <laughs> swords and stuff to the Transformers. But uh, I don't know. Oh, well. Just don't make this movie three hours long. I bring that up every single goddamn time we talk about Transformers. Because the last Transformers movie, I believe I watched in Quentin Parker's uh, parents' basement. I believe we were watching it down there. And I was just like, I feel like I've been down here all fucking day watching this movie. Because it's like five hours long. Uh, Yeah. I'll tell you what. The one marathon at the theater I will not check into is the Transformers marathon. That you, is for sure. Are you sure? I feel like we can make that happen. No, I, I don't want it to happen. Please, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> He's like, don't do this to me. <laughs> don't. Oh well. Uh, give the people so, what they want. Uh, we'll put a poll on Twitter. How about that? Make make you feel better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds good. We'll switch gears. Talk about Samurai Jack. You boys like Samurai yeah. Jack? Yeah. I love Samurai Jack. Woo. So I don't know what kind of convention was going on this weekend, but there is a teaser image of Jack's return, and he looks um, like he's tatted up a little bit, kind of, or maybe it's blood, but he looks a lot like uh, Drax on mm-hmm. him, but I think it's blood. Oh, that, that is blood. So that this, is definitely I'll blood. tell you why this is a big deal, because uh, Samurai Jack, as we know, is returning t- to the Adult Swim. So he's gonna be a little. He's gonna be edgier. Now the reason why in the Cartoon Network show he was fighting robots is because they couldn't have this character just like mutilating living human beings or living creatures on a cartoon show on Cartoon Network. So they had him fight robots, and he would get covered in oil. There's mm-hmm. a really cool episode where he's fighting an onslaught of like these spider robots, and at the end of the episode he looks like this photo. He's just like torn. His clothes are just ripped to shreds, and he's like covered, bathing in their oil. 
And I love this photo because it looks like finally we can bring blood into the Samurai Jack like um, a universe, which is just like ridiculous. This is just going to be so awesome. Um, believe I don't, I I'd never say his name right, but isn't it like Gindy Karakowski? God, I don't know, but that guy's just awesome. So I I just assume he is just super stoked that he finally gets to make the Samurai Jack he probably always wanted to make, but he had to tone down for Cartoon Network. So. Yeah, I'm stoked, and it sounds like Quentin's stoked, too. Really excited for this uh, Samurai Jack. He looks awesome. He looks older. He looks grizzled. Uh, looks like we're definitely going to be looking at a darker version of Samurai Jack. He looks like he's been fighting for an extended period of time on his own, and we're going to get filled in on what he's been up to in the meantime. Yeah, it definitely doesn't feel like it's one of those things where we pick up where we left off. It's more going to be like we're going to – he, he's been looking for a way to travel back in time all these years after we haven't been watching him. And then when he pops up on the screen, he's just like, welcome back, fuckers. I still haven't found the goddamn time machine yet. <laughs> but now I'm killing people and covered in blood. <laughs> I, I hope that's the exact words they put on the screen, Mike. <laughs> welcome back, fuckers. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> welcome back. It's a darker show. We can say that now. Yeah. So – so Samurai Jack's coming back. That's awesome. Uh, oh, you hear that? I think that's the Samurai Jack hype train back there. Yeah. That is the hype train. <laughs> toot toot. Oh, man. Which brings us to our last bit, I guess, of superhero news before we jump in, which is a great segue into our, our E3 coverage here, is video games. The, um, the rumor mill slash ratings board somewhere has rated re-release HD versions of Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2. Coming I think, to, to current generation consoles. I think I need to play this game just because um, my, my wife is a huge fan of a, the Gauntlet games, and this kind of plays mm-hmm. similar to the Gauntlet games. So mm-hmm. I, w- I would like to play maybe something that she would uh, uh, be easily easily uh, uh, folded into. So maybe if I do end up getting that uh, used Xbox One that you guys yes. are just keep keep telling me to buy i mean they're really cheap on ebay right now maybe i'll get one of those i'll get these hd releases sit down with the wife play some video games yeah yeah so what's what's great about these is um a they're couch co-op up to four people so Mm -hmm. if you got four people couch co-op that'd be great i don't think that worked on quentin's monitor that he plays on it looks like a little computer monitor (laughs) hey i've got i've got a bigger tv ready to go for the couch co-op don't you worry (laughs) And, but it's also you can do online. Um, the the first one is huge. It's an original story, and I'm playing online with four people. Especially, I think all three of us and, and whoever else, maybe your wife, uh, wants to play. It'd be great. I think it'd be awesome. Uh, you know, playing as the characters you want to play as and getting different costumes, powers. It's great. Uh-huh. And the second one, uh, Ultimate Alliance Two, is the Civil War storyline. So you get to play it through as one side, and then you can go back and play it through and choose another side. Do we and, um, do we have a release date for these at all? No, um, they're they're not even like officially announced. Um, they they've been re-rated by Act. I think it was Activision um, mm-hmm. got them rated uh, for the HD re-release. And this is a, a common practice. And we'll talk about this later when we get to um, South Park. Actually, South Park is is, is taking us where uh, a lot of older games are getting kind of HD remasters, and they get a whole new achievement list. And if you own the old version, it comes forward to the new consoles. Right. So mm-hmm. you don't have to buy it like five times, like. It just comes with you. So uh, I, I think it's great. I think um, a lot of games, this also leads to the rumor that Ultimate Alliance 3 is on the way. Uh, and I say that because any game that gets an HD remaster, 
usually has a next one in the system that they're making. And knowing knowing you, Chris, that seems like a game that you will get on day one, and then you will you will complete at a hundred percent. I I do own two copies of Ultimate Alliance one and two each. So <laughs> wow, I, I, I'm I'm a huge fan. I'm digital and physical, so I'm a huge fan of the games. Love them, great. And that that brings us great. Great segue into our E3 coverage, which is part of our title, E to the Three, which also means there's three of us here. It's a double entendre, play on words. We're, we're kicking all... We're, no holds barred today, boys. We're firing <laughs> on all cylinders. We're making all sorts of references. All yes. right. So, first off, uh, I'm just going to... For our time code, I'm just going to label this as all one time code so we can kind of talk freely about it um, and, and not worry about that. So, if you guys want to listen to E3, it's all one big block. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Not sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I think is really cool is on Monday, at, I think it was uh, 12.30 my time, 9.30 your guys' time. Yes. Um, we all were watching the Microsoft uh, <laughs> yeah. live stream of their on, E3 performance. On bated breath. Yeah. Waiting I mean, for something big to happen. Yeah. E3 is always really exciting because even though I, you know, I just, I don't play video games that much anymore. And even though I'm, I'm a grown man that has the resources to maybe buy more than one console, more than I ever could have wished when I was a little kid when I had to just stick with one. I'm still excited when I get to see this news, even if I'm never going to play any of these games, because I just it's fun and exciting. It's the fanfare. And then the best part after every E3 is the cringe compilations. That Those are always amazing. Yes. Uh, we I think we did we did notate that, didn't we? we, didn't we Every didn't time we there was an awkward a drinking moment. Game? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that definitely could be a drinking game. So I think I think this Microsoft the, the press conference holds that a little bit higher to me than the other ones because we did watch it at the same time we were all commenting on what was going on and that was really fun. Uh-huh. Um, so the first off the big thing this this year is the Xbox One S. Um, it's a slim model um, uh-huh. that's coming out and it's hitting at that three hundred price point for the for the base model which is really awesome. Yes, uh, the and new it- controllers. And it has yeah, a disk ahead. drive. It has that disk drive. I assumed it would be going diskless, but I guess just not quite yet. Mike, I think yes, you're the- you're a little too excited about the idea of there never being a physical copy of video <laughs> yeah. games out there in the world anymore. I'm pu- and I, I don't think it's ever going to happen. I'm going to put all those CD-ROM manufacturers out of business. <laughs> Listen, it's never going to happen. You're, you're never going to be able to take away someone's disk drive. It's also just infuriating to not have a disk drive. Say no. you end up with a physical copy of an older it's game. It's going to happen. I mean, they haven't even made computers with disk drive in a couple years. I mean, Mac doesn't even like – they're like, what's a disk? It's called the internet. Yeah. So, but they're not matter, Macs just aren't for gaming. Yeah, just a yeah, matter. Just a just a matter of time. Well, no. well, well, you bring up you bring up a great point here. With this Xbox One, with the disc drive, is actually one of the cheapest 4K Blu-ray players on the market right now. Yeah, uh, the one the one that supports 4K UHD DVDs. I don't have any yet. I'm not gonna upgrade my collection, but I have a 4K TV, and I, I think I would like to see what that actually looks like. This uh, is for in, you. In use. Yes, it's for me. However, the box, they're only releasing these in white colors right now, and I do not like the white color. Uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't jive with my current setup. I apologize. I know it's picky. It's picky, yeah. man, isn't it? You have a certain quality of existence in your in your house, and you want everything to be just as it should be. Right. Yeah. And uh, lastly, the big one, I think one of the, the cool things about this is the new Xbox One controllers have Bluetooth built in, meaning you can use them for PCs or Macs, to game with without buying a stupid little $20 dongle that nice. you have to plug into your USB ports. But I love dongles. Um, do, do you love dongles? I love them I, so I, much. He loves his uh, own is, dongle. Oh, boy. I knew, th- I knew this was a mess whenever I said the word dongle. <laughs> <laughs> 
But I think also that brings up a good point. Like, you know, I like to game on my iPad and Apple TV, and they're mm-hmm. Bluetooth. So mm-hmm. maybe a Bluetooth Xbox controller and playing on that. What do you think? That'd be pretty uh, fun, wouldn't it? Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's totally going to happen. I'm, yeah. I'm, yes. so, I'm pretty sure I've seen, like, probably, like, uh, DIY, like, uh, PlayStation controllers. Because aren't PlayStation controllers Bluetooth? Yes. Yeah, I think I've seen that with PlayStation controllers. So, yeah. And that Xbox controller is the best controller out there, so... And that might yeah. open up the door to accessories. Uh, that might be something. I don't know if Quentin was going to say that. Well, I think what, it, what it's opening, what we're talking about is uh, is Xbox or Microsoft's Play Anywhere platform where they need to make this controller jump between your Xbox and your PC so you can play the same games in the same format without having to switch to a mouse and keyboard if you prefer playing with a controller. So I think that's where that move is coming from is that the idea that it needs to be compatible across those two platforms. Also, uh, when we, you know, moving forward, I think they're going to want to keep the same uh, accessories, so that way you can kind of switch them in between different uh, Xbox platforms as well, not just between the two PCs or the PC yeah. and the Xbox. Yeah, I think. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, Microsoft and Xbox is in a really unique position, unlike Sony and Nintendo, where it's just like, hey guys, guess what? It's not just a game console that we make. We also make a freaking operating system and computers now. Right. Like we've been making these forever, so it's just like it's really smart to be like, why do why do we have to have these two things compete with each other? Why does PC gaming have to be a totally different thing than Xbox gaming? I mean, I mean the line between console and computers is blurring more and more anyway. I mean, there's like web browsers on consoles, you can do all kinds of stuff on consoles, so it's just like, hey, let's just put it all under one umbrella. Like it'd be really really cool to think that any game that comes out on the xbox would also just be just as compatible on a windows machine i think that's really really cool because i've been talking about this with you guys for a while where it's just like do i want to spend the money on a next gen console or why don't i just use that money for like a a gaming rig because then i can use that pc to do other things so and it seems like this could be a possibility. Now I don't know I don't know the exact details, but it sounds like it's just going to be certain games or maybe just Xbox or Microsoft Studios or you know exclusives. I don't know you know if there's you know if there's like a a game that comes out on all these platforms is it also going to come to the crossplay on Windows 10? I don't know, but I think it's a smart idea. Yeah, crossplay is definitely an interesting idea, and I think that's where everything's going, especially with Rocket League being one of the games that can crossplay PC and Xbox 360. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I mean, Quint mentioned Xbox. Uh, was it Games Anywhere? Is what's called Xbox Anywhere uh, or Games it's, Anywhere? I believe it's Play Anywhere. Something. It's okay. a Yeah, it's a ridiculous uh, marketing uh, tagline. Yeah. But. So you buy it once on Xbox, and you can play the PC version for free. Um, and the achievements go over, and your save state goes over back and forth. That's cool. And that actually is one of the first games I want to talk about. Halo Wars 2. <laughs> I mean, okay, so, I don't I don't know much about Halo Wars, but I feel like you are the only person I've ever come across who is just super stoked about Halo Wars. So let me know, uh, is this please, just please. out of the ordinary, or do, are people really excited for Halo Wars? I just don't know. I, I am not stoked. I just have a story about this. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Halo Wars is an okay game. It's okay. not anything anybody asked for. No one begged for a sequel, I'm going to be honest. Right. Uh, but Quentin and I decided to try the beta yesterday. There was a, the multiplayer beta all week. Um, we uh, we started a battle together. We, we grouped all our forces. I went to a battle. The game kicked Quentin. And, <laughs> and I left I was fighting. <laughs> and it, it, the game still thinks he's in there. And then my troops just die randomly somehow. And he's <laughs> talking to me like, I'm out of the game. I'm like, okay, well, I'm getting steamrolled here. And I'm like... 
So we, we ended up quitting because the beta was glitchy, and I deleted it instantly, and I, I'm not looking forward to the release come February just yet. So, <laughs> uh, multiplayer RTSs aren't my style, but the thing about Halo Wars is, and I wanted to mention this, they have the best cutscenes of any Halo game out there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, the trailer, I mean, proved it. You know, it's got the slow motion and uh, and the, the dramatic musical, the elites walking through the battlefield. It's just, mm-hmm. the trailer was awesome. In, in Halo Wars 1, there's um, these invisible Spartans taking down elites, the Black Squad. It's just really, really cool. They have some of the best cutscenes yeah, out of Halo, any of the Halo gums. Yeah, Halo and Blizzard has always been really, really good at cutscenes. Like, I've never played, like, really any Blizzard games, but I still, on occasion, go on YouTube. I'm like, I'm just going to watch some Blizzard cutscenes because that shit's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a lot of fun. But I will say that um, I enjoyed the Halo Wars 2 beta because I actually did get some successful beta play in the night before, before Chris and I started playing uh, yesterday. Uh, okay. And, uh, and, you know, things were very reminiscent of StarCraft, and I, you know, put in some hours into StarCraft. So once I got a, a feel for the game and how it was supposed to be played, when it worked successfully, um, it, it was enjoyable. But, you know, they they do disclaim pretty early on that this is a beta and this is probably one of the more legit beta builds we've seen in a few years uh, because the gaming industry has gotten into the habit of releasing a full game calling it a beta and basically using it to kind of get uh pre-sale numbers is what i like to that's my conspiracy theory is that you know, <laughs> the, that late that late development beta isn't exactly a beta to to work out any bugs but it's more in order to see like the number of downloads and what they can expect as far as projections on sales could be or would be like uh come launch time so this is probably sense. one of the more true true to life betas where it's not exactly set up to work properly and they you know we experienced just about every single bug that you could probably experience <laughs> yeah, with yeah it's beta. not a, it's not a real beta unless you get mad at it <laughs> yeah oh i was so mad and it was like i didn't even finish the first game yeah. i just left with i'm like i'm not, I'm not trying this yeah, I'm like, all right, Quentin, we're going to Overwatch. So yeah. we went to Blizzard. We went to Blizzard and to we play went to Overwatch, Blizzard, where they yeah, do things those, right. Get some of them cutscenes. Yeah, they didn't have any of those in Overwatch, but we'll <laughs> we'll we'll get on to the next topic here. Microsoft also announced Project Scorpio, which I think is really going to be a, a console that, that or an idea that launches the next couple topics we talk about. Uh, virtual reality. Yeah, just this is where Mike's been waiting for. Virtual reality is something really awesome. I'm really waiting to get, to get into it. We've been dabbling with the technology at the radio station, more more on a low low end side of things. Definitely nothing we need Project Scorpio to run. But I think Project Scorpio is just kind of uh, it just kind of aggravates a little um, obsessive compulsive point in my brain. Where it's just like, I, I'm not going to be one of those people that just blatantly says like, oh, I feel like I have OCD because I think that's a little ridiculous. Uh, but it, it does like, gets you like a little confused of where the hell does this console fit in? Because like for the existence of gaming, when we've grown up, we've been really used to new consoles getting announced. Mm-hmm. And what happens when a new console gets announced? Oh, they talk about how much better the console is, all the new stuff that it can do. Oh, it has a new form factor. It looks cool. It can do all this cool new stuff, which is basically... Teraflops. Exi- Teraflops. Which is a- <laughs> We're just going to call it Project Teraflop. The, the highest quality pixels in the game. Pixel. And I'm just trying to figure out what what is Project Scorpio. I mean, I get it. It's basically a souped-up Xbox One on crack that's going to be able to run VR. But why right. isn't this the Xbox Two? That's oh. what I'm trying to figure out. And then when the Xbox Two comes out, 
what I mean, what exactly going on here? Are we moving into kind of more of like an Apple hardware type of phase where there's not big generations anymore, and we're just kind of moving on to the next the next uh, piece of hardware, not really the next generation? Chris, would you like well, to take a crack at answering this first? I would. I would. <laughs> so I think I think the best thing I'm going to liken this to is the the motion sensing, the Xbox Connect, the the PlayStation camera and move. Mm-hmm. Um, VR VR to me is a gimmick. I I, Ooh, I will not. I would disagree. I, I, I have been through VR demos and I cannot stand VR demos. Like again, I'm blind in one eye. 3D doesn't. I can't see 3D. I can't see VR. <laughs> well, I think so that me, would be a great definition of why it's a gimmick to you. I mean, that but, makes but sense. But at the same time, but at the same time, it, look at look at how often the PlayStation Move and the Xbox Connect got supported over the years. It mm-hmm. didn't. They had mm-hmm. to launch whole new consoles that supported those features because they weren't built in. So this is what the Scorpio is. It's an Xbox One with enough hardware to, to broadcast VR. Uh, the Xbox, it wasn't, it's not smart glass. It was the Xbox VR they had last year with like the hologram. I think it's hologlass. Yeah, the hologlass. Yeah, so I think it's just the extra hardware to push VR. Much like the Xbox had to release an Xbox S or Slim that had the Kinect port built into it. Right. Um. And and that's the you know, the thing is we're gonna see this maybe for this generation and maybe it will have a, a a part in the start of the next but VR will get dropped as soon as the next big thing comes along. Uh, uh, I I think the way I look at it is just like I think when people see these things come up like motion controllers like uh, camera tracking and stuff like that people are like oh that's a gimmick you know that's never going to take over the way we play video games and i think i think it's true i don't think anything out there is ever going to replace just a person holding a, a controller looking at a normal 2D screen i think that's just a very classic way to play video games that's never going to die i mean we still technically play video games that way uh, even from back in the day you know just like analog sticks at like an arcade machine or something like that i feel like that's just a very classic human interaction but I feel like VR is just a different subset of gaming. You know, it's not necessarily trying to uh, reimagine the way uh, you control a game uh, necessarily, because it's just a, it's another way to view the game. You know, with these motion controllers, you're interacting with the game on a totally different level. You're like, oh, we have motion controllers now. You know, you don't you don't walk anymore with um, uh, you don't you don't move anymore. Uh, with your analog sticks, you move your hands around and stuff like that. That's what feels like a gimmick. But really, a VR headset to me is just more like a different monitor is what it seems like. It's like, oh, you're going to put this TV screen on your head and it's going to adjust the way you move around. So that's why it seems like not so much of a gimmick on my end. I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Quentin? Well, all right. So here's basically to kind of answer your first question is what is Project Scorpio? In my head, when I first heard this, I go, oh, this is just a dev kit uh, that they're trying to push on for developers to let them know like, hey, we're ready for you to start developing these next next gen uh, games. But as I've done a little bit of digging and done a little bit of reading, it seems that Xbox is actually just releasing these tiered hardware sets where you get to decide how you want to play your game. So if you just want to play in a regular Xbox, uh, you had the Xbox One from you know earlier years, like you said, you you were thinking about picking up just an older one. Uh, you've got the Xbox One S, which allows you to play you know 4K, uh, you know 4K quality video, and you've got the Blu-ray player and all that in there. And this is just their VR version. This is their this is their their answer to the VR revolution. It's a Project so, Scorpio. So this is like their plus. 
Yeah, yeah. This is exactly this is their this is their iPhone 6s Plus. Basically, gotcha. this is their big bad version of their their same console. So, what they don't want is they don't want people getting left behind this early in in the lifespan of the Xbox One. Yeah. So there's no and, fragmentation in the games you buy. They won't right. work on any of the three. But this just determines how you play. If you prefer playing things in a VR setting or or 4K setting, or if you're okay with your regular 1080p, you get your choice of how you know how much of a video file do I want to be about my gaming. That's basically gotcha. it. Plus some feature, some extra features like keyboard and mouse support uh, and background music and all that, where you get to listen to your own music while playing a game. And it's basically yeah. can mul- it's mul- it's multitasking now. So are you going to pick up a Project Scorpio so you can uh, plug in a, a, a an Oculus Rift? Uh, I have not really decided what I'm going to do about this whole VR revolution. Right now, I'm, I'm pretty content with my 20-inch screen here sitting at my desk. It makes <laughs> things a little bit easier for me to handle. Uh, it also allows me to transition in and out of playing video games pretty quickly. I like to get up and run to the kitchen every now and then in between matches. And with a VR headset on, I think that might be a little bit difficult. Yeah, I, to- I, can, I can totally see that. Yeah, it's it's weird to say. I think a lot of other people will agree with me when they say they're still waiting to see what happens to VR. Like, I'm not I'm not putting down you know five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred dollars for any any hardware, any sort of technology right now, unless it's like a, a ginormous TV because I can get more than one use out of it. Right. Um, but yeah, I think I think VR will end up coming into its own in another year or two. So I'm still I'm I'm still um, cautiously optimistic. But it sounds like Chris, you 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 have no you have no desire for these headsets yeah i don't i mean to me again i, I love my xbox connect uh, i have one for both xboxes i was very late in the cycle getting them i didn't get them at launch but i i i enjoy them but they're to me i don't use them all the time because again like quentin i mean i'm all about the gameplay but i'm also aware of my surround i want to be aware of my surroundings when i'm playing a game mm-hmm. or if my fiance wants something if a cat's trying to get on yeah me, you don't want pizza you don't want those cats sneaking up on you <laughs> Yeah, uh, so there's stuff like that. But, I mean, again, I also look back to the Virtual Boy. Um, as history often repeats itself. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the Nintendo Virtual Boy, Mike? Uh, no I think one we remembers all remember Nintendo the Virtual, Virtual Boy. Boy. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean, it's something we try to forget. But it's like that. Again, I, my, my friend Brian at Comic Guy, he's like, oh, yeah, and before the Kinect, everyone was about the, the Game Boy cameras and their Game Boy printers. And right. it's, it's just funny. To me, it's extra hardware that might die by the next cycle because the next thing will come along. Well, and we've we'll we'll see how that plays out really honestly. Yeah. And we've seen and, the the release of the HTC Vive and a lot of people pre-ordering that not understanding that they needed a rig to run uh to run the see, VR. See, but there is there's one very important thing that I think you guys are underestimating about uh-uh. uh calling it a gimmick is just like what is the one thing that the virtual boy the move controllers and the connect what is the one thing that they that they didn't uh, incorporate with and i'll porn. answer your question for you yes it is porn <laughs> <laughs> porn was pretty much what drove the drove the internet uh, to faster speeds better video codecs better video players uh, you know so i think you know we can assume that that porn will save the day and yes. move the video game industry forward and give us some more fun VR games. They they, they, they backed HD DVDs, Mike, and where did they go? <laughs> Nowhere. <laughs> well, it's okay. We're just streaming HD now. We all make mistakes. You can't win them all. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so Project Scorpio is essentially the VR Xbox. If you, and, and like Quentin said, any game you buy will work on any three. So if you buy an Xbox One today, 
it will work on anything that you can play on the the Scorpio box. Mm-hmm. And but what Microsoft failed to do was bring any games to the table that supported VR. Right. They just talked about gigaflops and picture perfect <laughs> pixels. Well, it was a big secret uh, up until E3. Yeah. So a lot of developers were talking about how they didn't even know that this was going to be something that was being announced. So, yeah. you know, as this as it was being announced, developers were hearing about it for the first time. So it's still I feel like they wanted to give themselves a buffer. Like they did kind of put themselves behind Sony. By probably about a year, two years, as far as like getting developers like brought up to speed on creating for this uh, new platform. Yes, well, that brings us to our next point. Sony's presentation brought VR games with their PlayStation VR. Yes, their PlayStation is- VR is actually it works with the current PlayStation Fours, mm-hmm. and but you have to buy a four hundred dollar headset. Well, and it this launches is, this October. <laughs> this is this is gonna be this is gonna be a helpful segment for me because I don't think I saw any of Sony's um, any of Sony's uh, conference at E3. The, I think the only trailer I saw was the uh, Spider-Man trailer, which we'll talk about here in a moment. So yeah, but they brought they brought VR in. I mean, they I know they announced that that headset. What was it like Project Morpheus or something like that? Yes. Yes. So now it's just called PlayStation VR, mm-hmm. and it, it launches in October. And pretty, it's a three ninety nine price tag on top of your console. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to have, I believe, a PlayStation camera and two Move controllers as well. Right. So a- again, this is where it's starting to get a little pricey. Building up, people just think it works out of the box. What well, doesn't? Um, and what one of the coolest games I thought they brought was actually Batman Arkham VR. So, so you're going to have to describe that to me very visually because I have not seen it. <laughs> Great. Uh, Quentin, are, are you familiar with this as well, just before I, I, I jump in? I am familiar with the Batman Arkham VR, but I only caught the trailer. I'm not even aware of if there is gameplay that, that would show it, yeah. but it's also really difficult to show VR <laughs> gameplay without having a VR headset yourself because it just looks like a panoramic uh, image without you know a proper VR headset yeah. or a setup. So, we've, we've all played the Batman Arkham games, correct? Yes. yes. Okay, great. So, imagine the detective mode in that game where he flicks on his headset and you can see through walls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. You are Batman and you're doing that with the VR camera. The VR sits over your eyes and you're looking through detective mode at crime scenes trying to figure things out and figure out what happened. Um, a little bit of a spoiler alert, he comes across a crime scene where it looks like Nightwing has been beaten to death. Ooh. Uh, it, so and this was this, and this may not even be in the final game. This was their demo, yeah. and um, he Batman. I mean, you're Batman, and you're looking around. He's trying to find like you know bullet holes, you know thumbprints, stuff like that. Analyzing the crime scene with this VR headset, and the trailer is really cool because it's called a mask that fits, and it's narrated by Mark Hamill as the yeah, Joker. As the Joker, oh. which is extra creepy. Which, yes. So um, honestly, this is one of the best things to me. I think because you're going to explore places like. You know Wayne Manor, the Batcave, and you're using his skills as a detective, which is my favorite part of Batman, which I don't think is utilized enough. And um, it's like a comic book style murder and mystery mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it comes out this October as well on the PlayStation VR. And I'm kind of jelly, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, how cool I will, that sounds. I will say one of the arguments against VR being a gimmick here is how PlayStation and the game devs have doubled, kind of doubled down on the VR. Uh, Besides the Batman Arkham, there is uh, there is a little bit of mention of a Star Wars Battlefront X-Wing VR mission. 
and that's yes. going to be exclusive to Sony because they have a built-in VR system. And even the new Final Fantasy 15 uh, showed a little VR demo. But in all honesty, yeah. the the Final Fantasy gameplay in VR looks like it's going to be a terrible time because that game <laughs> looks like it's already difficult enough as it is in the third-person view. And I couldn't imagine trying to do all of the things that you can do uh, in a first-person setting. Yeah, I can I can I can agree with that because uh, Arkham and Final Fantasy, there are third-person view. You're not inside the character's head unless you're right. going into detective mode. So that is one interesting thing that I'm kind of looking forward to experiencing. You know, I can understand the concept of a first-person of first-person in VR, but third-person seems like more like you would be looking down at like mm-hmm. a board game in front of you or something like that, like moving around like an action figure in front of you. So that could be that could be cool, but. Um, Either way, I mean, PlayStation wants to sell VR because that means they get to sell $400 hardware at Christmas time, yeah. which I'm sure they really want to move that. So, At least $400. And um, the $500 bundle sells you the camera and motion controls as well. Right. Um, but Quentin brings up a great point that's not on our list. Battlefront X-Wing VR. So you're essentially you know, piloting an X-Wing in VR mode. So which like is those, This really sounds cool. great. Yeah. And uh, lastly... Uh, a Star Trek bridge crew is a mm-hmm. VR exclusive, where you actually play as a Star Trek Star Trek like bridge officer, and there's a four player game. So you have your part, like maybe the shields and the yeah. speed and like, uh, the captain. Yeah, that kind of sounds a little bit like uh, sounds a little bit like Space Team, which is yeah, uh, is basically Space Team with <laughs> headsets. And I think this this is something that um, would attract more non traditional video game players people who are more into like uh, Star Trek lore or maybe even more into role playing as a whole just uh, say they want to play a character but they don't necessarily have to be really great at hand-eye coordination and you know inhuman reaction times when it comes to first-person shooters this is more of a you get on you you know you're working with a team that you met online they don't necessarily know you as an individual but they know you as the character in your Star Trek game and you know you just kind of play this game by just you know saying commands and hitting simple button combinations on your motion controller, and I think this could bridge the gap and kind of make it a little bit more accessible towards you know normal gamers or non-traditional gamers. Yeah, uh, another title, another two titles I want to mention before we go is Gran Turismo in VR, which mm-hmm. I I like Meh. seeing the car when I drive. Meh. I don't like being in a Meh. car. Meh. <laughs> it seems like every car game, every E3 is just like, hey, we got even closer to making these cars look realistic, and we're getting diminishing returns now. I feel like four years ago, cars in the video games look exactly like the car if I just look out my window. Right. So it's just like, this car isn't going to look any more realistic, people. But got to make you, the game more fun. <laughs> but what if you set up like a, a car driving wheel with the pedals at your desk, and then you've got the VR headset? I think that might be I've, fun. I've done that before. Uh, we um, At the radio station, we uh, reached out to these uh, part this uh, partnering uh, company called Two Bit Circus, and mm-hmm. they uh, create VR experiences. So they do really cool things where they they um, they get uh, they get brought out to events like uh, NFL games and stuff, and they make VR experiences for the fans there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did this really cool one that they had at this uh, this like indie race down in like Long Beach or something. So basically, I got to put on this Gear VR headset that was synced to the motions of this like car that had like hydraulic chairs and stuff, and they turned on like a fan. It's a really cool experience. So VR can get really really crazy once you kind of get the 4D. Yeah, that's going. a little VR 4D experience going on. Yeah. There. 
So that 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 shit can get really really fun. It, so um, and the, that brings me to the last game, Resident Evil Seven Biohazard will have oh. a VR experience. Ooh, yes, that See, is too terrifying. I mean, I, I, I think that's be... going to be the real <laughs> seller for VR is uh, is all the survival horror that's been uh, that's been popping up. You know, since we've seen that PT trailer oh my a couple God. of you years know, ago. You know how fun that would be. I remember when PT came out. Uh, me, uh, myself, Quentin, and. Um, and uh, our friend uh, Jose, he had PT on his PlayStation, and we were just in his tiny little studio apartment <laughs> with, like, no windows. Yeah, and, and just having he had the that, headset on was more yeah, than enough to freak me out. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> like, it's hilarious watching people play horror VR games on YouTube. So I think that would be really fun to, like, set up a camera, and then we can all try to play Resident Evil in VR. It would be terrifying. Yeah, uh, it's funny you mentioned PT because right before you joined, uh, Mike, me and Quentin were watching uh, Hideo Kojima's next uh, video game for PlayStation yeah. only. The Norman which, Reedus uh, game. <laughs> stars a naked Norman Reedus with a baby <laughs> attached to him via an umbilical cord and dead crabs. And Death Stranding was the creepiest, not creepiest, the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that's, Jap- that's Japan for you. Japan will never cease to surprise you how weird it can get. Yes, so we, I just want to mention that if you guys are into Naked Norman Reedus, uh, <laughs> that's your game, Death Stranding. Um, however, in, in themes of comic books and superheroes, Sony stole my heart with the new <laughs> Spider-Man trailer in game. Man, yeah. Exclusive to PS4 from Insomniac Games, not Beanox anymore. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this trailer, but this new Batman, or not Batman, this new Spider-Man suit has a white spider on the front of it. It's an older Spider-Man. He's the the graph. It looks like Batman Arkham like graphics and kind of maybe fighting style fluidity mm-hmm. with Spider-Man in the character. Yeah, I just have to say I'm glad how bold they went. They were just like, there's a lot of traditional Spider-Man suits out there that we could adapt. And we're like, no, we're gonna go bold. We're gonna go giant white spider on the front. We're gonna bring in a little bit of the homecoming type of look, you know, with kind of like the black uh, stripes going through it. But I just love how they went like really just bold and in your face, just like, hey, remember when Spider-Man games used to be like amazing fun like i still remember spider-man 2 the game based on the like yes. the, the spider-man video game and that web slinging was just out of bounds it was so much fun to and that this was just running on like an xbox you know just an original xbox and like the the thrill of swinging through a city is just it's just so unique no video game has really captured that because like it's such a unique thing to the spider-man character i think at one point in time there was like a bionic commando game or something where he had like a grappling yes, hook but, the remake yeah but i don't know if it played anything like that so i'm just like glad that insomniac is just like hey guess what this is our spider-man game this is our spider-man we're going just loud and in your face there's a part in the trailer where he's like flying in inside of like a cafe i don't i don't know if that's like it's a like cut parkouring scene. through it yeah. yeah i don't know if that's a cut scene or you can literally just like run into buildings but this just looks like amazing and i'm the only thing i'm thinking is just like if this is a sony exclusive how am i ever gonna play this game <laughs> i don't even have any next gen so, yet so so what's really cool for those who don't know insomniac by name they created spyro the dragon mm-hmm. they created ratchet and clank they created resistance franchise uh, recently, Sunset Overdrive on Xbox One, which mm-hmm. uh, was free recently. Yes. And Spider-Man is one of the first Marvel video games made in a long time for console, other than the Lego ones, but we're not going to talk about that. And um, Marvel Entertainment says that this is the beginning of a new franchise of Marvel games. They're going to kind of... They're not going to be any based on the films anymore. They're, they're not doing that. So yeah. they're going to... 
be putting more time and energy into creating these unique story games and maybe getting these bigger publishers involved. Uh, thankfully, one of my good friends here um, in, in Louisville, Derek, is a manager at GameStop, and he's going to let me borrow his PlayStation 4 to play this game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm really excited to play Spider-Man for PS4. And that's one of the... Again, if anyone knows me, I'm an Xbox fanboy. Um, it's it's what I am. But I have to give it up to PlayStation for the Spider-Man trailer that they just yeah. brought. You can see those yeah. in your notes. Yeah, you know- just, re- just real quick, because uh, you brought up Insomniac and you brought up Spyro real quick. I think there was some Skylanders news... And uh, they're bringing back um, Crash uh, Bandicoot. Crash, uh, Crash, Crash Bandicoot. Bandicoot. And I, d- I just wanted to bring it up real quick because um, I, I have uh, some unique information to it. It's not not big news, but the, my uh, my teacher that is uh, that I'm I'm taking some character design classes in uh, at, from the Burbank Animation Academy, and uh, the guy who teaches and started the school his name is Charles uh, Zimbellis. I, I I never know how to say his last name. It's a very Greek name. He's a very Greek guy. But he was the original character designer for Crash Bandicoot, so he's oh. the guy. He didn't invent the, you know, he wasn't like a lead developer on the game, but like he invented the character um, basically on a piece of paper. And when I went in the class last week on Tuesday night, he was just brimming from the ear to ear. He's just like, "It's a big week, class. This is really, really cool. Like uh, Crash Bandicoot is coming back. This is really exciting. It's really cool to see like a character, you know, that I created, you know, come back on the screen." And it was really funny because he's he's an interesting guy and um um he has a a really quirky personality but like you know he he pulled up the trailer for us and he would like pause it when it would show crash and he would like point to him like oh you see they made some changes with his neck there like he has this whole thing where he talks all about uh his the amount of fingers crash bandicoots has because Mm -hmm. i guess the the amount of fingers characters have uh is it means different things in different regions that you localize the game in so he's just like oh you see they went with like three fingers on this one so i just wanted i just wanted to bring that up that i just think it's really cool that the you know the guy that the guy that originally created this character is just super excited to see crash bandicoot again and i was just excited to see crash bandicoot because i remember playing that game back on the original playstation that was like one of the first playstation games i have ever played I I have a request for you, Mike. I I need Hmm. you to go to your instructor and I need you to ask him how much research did he do on what a bandicoot really looks like. (laughs) Because Crash, Bandicoot, and an actual bandicoot, there seemed to be a little... He took a little bit of a creative license there. Creative license. Yeah, I think think he did. He, uh, but... Man, yeah, that the the guy is really good at drawing marsupials. Though he drew like a he drew like a very flushed out kangaroo one night in like a matter of minutes. That yeah. left me uh, I stunned. Feel like maybe maybe he did some <laughs> extensive marsupial study, and yeah, that's maybe. why he can just whip one out really quickly. <laughs> yeah. So I actually just learned a bandicoot was a real thing. Yes. Um, <laughs> I thought that was just his name. No. Not that he was created after a, car- a creature called a bandicoot. So loosely, Quentin. loosely based. <laughs> loosely based. Uh, I, I'm very familiar with Marsupilami, the old animated cartoon show. Uh, <laughs> all right. When it comes to marsupials, but that's about all I got. Uh, um, well, anyway, you know, if we're talking Spider-Man, about Spider-Man, bring it back to the spider. Anyway, what, what do you guys think about the suit real quick? I, I mean, I, I love it. I just want to know what you guys thought. Uh, it's very flashy. Yeah. <laughs> the white makes it flashy to me. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is one of those things where, well, we need to make it so that you can always identify your character on the screen. Yeah, that's do. actually kind of what I thought too. Like like maybe this is more also a practical thing that you can yeah. track them because you're going to be swinging and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'd also like to mention that I'd I'd like to see a game like this get a little bit more of a an extended support. You know, this is a shot in the dark and a long shot in the dark through a snowstorm. Uh, you know, with my eyes closed, but it's 
I'd like to see something along the lines where they take some Spider Island stuff and you get to do some multiplayer Ooh. interactive where you kind of build your own Spider-Man and you have these multiple Spider-Men existing on the same plane. Like I said, I, just shot in the I, dark through a snowstorm I mean, I, with my eyes closed. I wouldn't be surprised. I think one of the last Spider-Man games that came out was was that Shattered Dimensions or Dimensions or something. I don't know, remember yeah. what it was called. But they had multiple different Spider-Mans out there. So That, yeah, that one that was idea. cool. I, re- I really like that game. Because it's Spider-Man Noir, Ultimate Spider-Man, regular Spider-Man, and Spider-Man 2099. Like, mm-hmm. some of my favorites, So, But, yeah, no, Spider-Man. I, I want to see um, DLC for Spider-Man that's not just costumes. Right. So... <laughs> Yeah, so yes. that might, we, that we might have we might have that some somewhere on the horizon. And if they're and if you're listening, Insomniac, if you haven't thought of it, we just put it out there for you. So, yeah, I'm yeah. sure they listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, it's <laughs> not an if, Quinn. They are listening. They, they just are. need to you know make sure we get credit for it. All right, there um, you go. You heard it here first. And la- lastly, the last bit of PlayStation news I have for us from Sony is God of War four or whatever the number is now, and he's Kratos is taking on the Norse mythology in this new game. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the trailer or the images from this, but he's got himself a nice beard, mm-hmm. and he's tackling like giants in the north, like frost giants. And I would love to see him take on like Thor and Odin and Heimdall and like all the stuff we come to learn from Marvel, mm-hmm. but you know, in Norse mythology and Kratos, you know, tackling that kind of pantheon. What and do you guys think? He's got himself an axe. I like axes. <laughs> I never really played a lot of uh, of God of War, so. Uh... Uh, I mean, he looks cool. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I think I think Norse mythology is really, really expansive as well. I think they've 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 tackled Greeks. They're done. Let's let's keep going. So this is supposed to be a different kind of this a similar Kratos, the same Kratos, or this is just a retelling of Kratos' story as being told in, in North mythology instead of Greek mythology. It's it's a continuation um, because one of the promises he made in the games was that he would take down all the gods, ah. not just not just the Greek gods. Um, so he he, I guess, um, gonna fight Jesus. I, Is that what's gonna happen here? Going for Jesus at the end. <laughs> that's not much of a pantheon. Uh, that's just a little like one dude. Um, <laughs> but you have to fight him again three days later. Oh, but. Uh, um, <laughs> But it's not his son. Like, he has a kid companion in this one as well. Mm-hmm. And just some of the images, like, again, the banner image is really cool looking because, like, you, know, you see the big giants. There's arrows. The axe, like you said, is really cool. And um, the beard and goatee. Like, the beard and goatee just makes him look great because he's got, like, he looks like a Viking, I guess is what I'm looking for. The word I'm looking for is a Viking. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know when it's coming out. I don't, I don't have a release date in front of me. But uh, I'm re- God of War in Norse mythology sounds like something I would really enjoy as well. The, and the internet is taken to calling this Dad of War. <laughs> Dad of War. Dad of War. All right. There we go. I'll, we'll, we'll go with it. Um, we're going to switch over to Nintendo. I think we kind of watched this all at the same time, but it was mm-hmm. a very confusing mess of a, of a presentation Ugh. with Nintendo. Yeah, yeah it <laughs> seems to always be with Nintendo. So Please. it was like, what is it, the Treehouse something? Yes, it's the Treehouse yeah. nonsense. Yeah, I just... Yeah, I just want to get in front of all the fanboys here because I feel like Nintendo can never do any wrong and people that are really behind Nintendo dominate the conversation. So I feel like since it's been about a week now, maybe we can kind of talk openly and honestly about Nintendo. People are saying they they won E3. It's just like, no, they just brought a Zelda game. That's all it is. And it looks like a fun Zelda game, but like I, this, does not, this does not excuse Nintendo from what I was talking about last week. 
we had like predictions of what we wanted to see at E3 uh, this coming week from the previous episode of Superhero Slate. And I said I wanted that goddamn NX console. I wanted a picture of it. I wanted a release date or something. And they gave me nothing. I'm angry. Well, they don't want to make any. How are you, bro? <laughs> yeah, tell us. Tell us how, uh, how steamed your broccoli is. Very. And it's, it needs cheese. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just like, okay, so Zelda, Legend of Zelda, Link. I love the character. I mean, it's a really interesting game just because, they, you know, it's not really connected to any sort of, like, timeline. I, they try to say it is, but it's really not. And it's just, like, this fun lore. It's just a way to have, a like, a dungeon-crawling game with cool gadgets. And it's just it's just the fun world and environment that they build. But it just seems like... Like, they, it takes, like, eight years for them to make a freaking, like, one Zelda game. It always comes out on, like, the split line in between a new console. So, like, oh, this game, you can play it on the Wii U if you want to buy it, but maybe if you wait around, it'll also be, you know, on the NX, and it'll be just as fun then. So now it's just, like, great, a Zelda game. Do I want to buy a Wii U just to play one game, or do I wait for this NX that I know nothing about? And then, like, the game looks cool, but it's just like, Nintendo, what else are you doing out there? Like, you're a company that totally exists off the idea of Mario and Zelda now. It's just like, I feel like they're just not in the same ballpark as Sony and uh, Microsoft and Xbox is anymore. And maybe that's okay. Maybe I'm just trying to hold on to my childhood a little bit when they used to, like, come out with the Nintendo 64 and be like, hey, fuck you, Sony, we have 64 bits, you're stuck with 32. And they're just kind of carving this, like, niche audience of just people that like uh mario and zelda but it's just like i don't know i just expected a little bit more from them you know i just it's just like you can create any you can create an awesome zelda game on any console is basically what i'm saying like i know this is gonna sound like blasphemy but like why can't i play legend of zelda on a playstation or an xbox i know it just seems wrong but it's just like it doesn't need to be on a nintendo console you know Fundamentally, so, <laughs> Nintendo's strengths are its first-party games. Right? Yeah. Again, Zelda, Mario, so that's why they keep them in-house. And to me, this is the first Legend of Zelda game I've actually wanted to play since the very first one for regular Nintendo. Mm. And Zelda's not my style, but it looks like a cartoon Skyrim. Yeah. If I was yeah. to liken it to anything, it'd be a cartoon Skyrim. And that's okay, but at the same time, like, mm, I don't know, like... Yeah, you're right. Sell me a little more. And that's where I kind of came in. The other half of the conference is the Pokemon games, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, and that's where the money is made, Mike. That's where the money's made. Yeah, you, gotta, yeah. you just got to sell the memorabilia. You got to sell all the toys, all the plushies that go along with it. I, ha- you, I have a lot of Pokemon cards, <laughs> I'll admit. But, but aren't you ever just worried that like you have these really awesome first-party properties that no one else is ever in the history of Nintendo is ever going to be able to touch, and they're always just on inferior hardware? Like, Do you ever think, like, oh, if these Legends of Zelda developers like we're on a next gen full like if like what would a legend of zelda game look like on prod on like that uh that crazy xbox uh scorpio like no like no hard like no hardware um pitfalls at all you can just make whatever you want but no they're on the the wii u which isn't even a console (laughs) like it's just a a wii u plus I, i mean i don't know like i just want nintendo to grow up a little bit i mean you don't have to like throw out your ip you don't have to get mature hardcore like bloody games or anything like that just like Put out some serious hardware. Give me some teraflops. <laughs> if you if you want to see what a Legend of Zelda game would look like in the Unreal Engine, uh, Unreal Engine Four, you can go on YouTube and see what that looks like. And uh, I mean, it just what? it's still 
it's you know high res the highest pixel quality that you'll ever see but it's just what what is a zelda game if not the story that's being told about yeah, link and his adventure it's not about it's not about the technological advancements no, of the I, console I, itself yeah. I totally get that, but I'm just I just want to point to one moment where it's just like I totally get the graphical styling. Like um, the way this game looks is beautiful. I would imagine if it went over to a higher end console, it would look very similar, but it would just have better processing power. But there's just like this moment that everyone freaked out about. They're just like, "Oh my god, it's amazing! Link can chop down any tree." I get it, but did you see what it looked like when the tree chopped down? The leaves are, were just were solid objects that just fell off the tree. It's just like. Like, why can't you just add a little bit more flair to this, like, like this big palm leaf? What, what if it actually bended? You know, what if it actually was cool? Well, you know, I don't know. I'm, I like, I know tons of people out there are just gonna be like, just get over it. Like, not all games need to look like super high end. But I'm just like, Nintendo, up your game. I mean, like, video games have always like driven like, uh, like consumer technology and like super hardcore. Um, like uh, processors and stuff like that, and you know, it always like stems from PC gaming being huge. And I just feel like they're not pushing technology forward anymore. You know, I don't know. I mean, I think Nintendo revolutionized motion controls, right? And then also, I enjoy my Wii U because my fiance can play on the gamepad, and I play Xbox. Um, <laughs> and the gamepad, like, it's it, it may sound awful, but it's true. Like. She can play a game that she wants to play, like Yoshi's Woolly World or, or the Mario games, while I'm playing Overwatch. Um, and but I, it's time to, I go back and play Pokemon on it. And, and the Wii U and the Wii are essentially um, nostalgia consoles, is what mm-hmm. I call them, because you can download all the old, pretty much the entire old catalog of Nintendo games, right. and play mm-hmm. them on there. And and the gamepad's cool because again, like if I want to go upstairs and play, I can still play on the gamepad while it's connected to the the Wii without. Turning the TV off. I don't know. I, I get what you're saying. You're not wrong, but at the same time, like Nintendo doesn't want to look like PlayStation and and, and Xbox. Yeah, they, I know. They I, want I, to have a differentiating factor. Yeah, I know the majority of people out there will not agree with me, and they'll just be like, uh, "You're you're complaining for no reason." But it's just like, hey, some people find it entertaining when people complain about stuff so you know that you can come to me if you want people to hear people complain there's tons of people out there praising nintendo right now so there's lots of that i'm just trying to diversify the content on the internet (laughs) well before we switch from nintendo i want to point out i have one free code for mew the legendary pokemon (laughs) uh, from from you know uh red blue and yellow uh for the new pokemon omega Omega Ruby, Alpha Sapphire, slash X or Y. Um, I already got the code. I got it in February. Um, so I've already redeemed mine. I can't redeem it again. So if anyone wants that code, you message, direct message us on Twitter, tweet at us. I don't care. I will give you the code for Mew, Pokemon number 151. Very mythical. <laughs> come get it, y'all. Come get it. Yes, come get it. All right, so we're going to switch into We're going to go into talk about a few games independently here. Um, South Park, all right? Yeah. I've got to say, this this is something I tell everyone about this week. <laughs> Did you guys see the fractured butthole trailer? Are you, how many times have I seen it? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes. Yeah, how many times have you seen it, Quentin? I've probably watched it like five times. I just I never get tired of it. It's really good. Did you see it, Mike? Yeah, I saw it. I mean, it looks okay, great. There's there's no there's no gameplay there. It's more just kind of like you're watching a a, um, a teaser episode for like a new season of South Park. But so, it looks re- it looks really fun. It looks so hilarious. Fun, 
fun fact um, that is actually game rendered uh, images. So it look, yeah. the game renders to look just like the show, which is really isn't that spectacular. That's um, a nice touch. In, in, in Mike's eyes, it should you know have more teraflops now. More yeah, teraflops more teraflops and Make high those quality leaves. pixels. Makes there, those there leaves is, bend. <laughs> there is gameplay out there for this as well, um, so you can go watch the gameplay. It, it picks up from where the first game left off, The Stick of Truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and they switched from doing mythical stuff to doing superhero movies. And this trailer pokes fun at everything superhero movie related oh, that it can in. in just like a minute length. And like, you know, they got Civil War, they're poking fun at DC's Phase 1. You know, they're not even going to make it past the first phase. <laughs> Everyone gets a movie. There's a team-up movie. There's, you know, uh, black superhero movies that are squeaking in Phase 3. It's just, <laughs> it just nailed everything on the head uh, with this, you know, parody thing here. So in this one, you're playing superheroes, and uh, you get to be two different superhero classes. So there's, like, you can choose Cyborg as, like, one of your classes, and then another one is, you know, like, um, like a Superman-type class, like Speed, mm-hmm. maybe even. So you can be a Cyborg with Speed and start mixing up classes. So that sounds really cool. And it's still turn-based, um, but you can move around a little bit the map a little more. You're not stuck in one place like Pokemon is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm really excited for the South Park fractured butthole. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what's cool is if you pre-order this game on digital or physical, you get a remastered copy of the Stick of Truth for free with it. There you go. Nice. Uh, so if you do it on digital, you get it today. If you do it on physical, you have to wait till the game comes out to get your code. So gotcha. if you're looking to catch up on the storyline beforehand, which I recommend, it's a great game. Sounds great. Um, what we want to do is we've we've talked about this before. Is that we're gonna talk about Injustice Two? We talked about Injustice Two last week. I think the week before, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, have you played? You both have you both played Injustice at all? Either of you, I forget. My Mike did. I, I mean, I I played it a little bit like on the iPad version, but it no, nothing console worthy. Okay, did you, Quentin? And I've I've been known to throw down a couple of rounds on the uh, the PS4 and injustice in someone else's living room, disrespecting their own house. <laughs> okay, well, good, good, glad you did. So in this one, actually, we talked about the armored pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, those um, you don't. It does not put the armor on you in the middle of battle. You no. get gear that you after end of every battle. Right. Oh, that's cool. So so you can actually upgrade your character based on the gear you find after every battle. So they've now included a loot system mm-hmm. into the fighting system as well. Oh, people yeah. love their sick loots. I think Got- there's like a class of people out there that only play games that include loots. <laughs> I mean, it's so rewarding to get a, a, a good loot drop that, or a rare loot drop that no one else has, and you feel special. And, you know, sometimes it, it just allows you to customize your character to, to do the things that you want it to do. You know, whether it be, you know, changing a cooldown of a certain move that you like to use or something that might give you a slight advantage in competitive play. It's just, you know... Loot changes a lot of things about games. Yeah, mm-hmm. or, or the looks of the character. I mean, I like I like skins. I like yeah. making the character mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, that way, you know, my my Supergirl doesn't look like your Supergirl kind of deal. So uh, I think that's really cool for Injustice too. And it does continue the storyline. Yes. After the first Injustice, they did confirm that. So um, this is uh, definitely the future of after Injustice after Superman has been jailed, and uh, we're trying to figure out what's going on. So. Really excited to see where Injustice 2 goes. Um, E3, I think, was overall a great success this year. Lots of stuff. It kind of made me forget about WWDC, uh, Apple's (laughs) conference that was going on at the same time. Uh, That's got some big news, but that's not for this podcast. That's for another show some other time. So uh, just to wrap up E3, do you guys have any final closing comments on our video game segment today? Um, Video games. I I should probably start playing them again. 
<laughs> Mike, everyone should tweet at Mike Warrior Design and tell him to buy an Xbox One until he buys one. That's that's really all I want you to do, it's guys. It's got to be a peer pressure. Or just send yeah. me one. Someone just wants to send me one for free, I'll play it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, if you didn't get a chance to check out E3, I suggest that you just go and look for an E3 recap somewhere on the internet to try and get a, a more condensed version of the week because it's a lot of information that came out. Uh, and there's no way that we could even begin to cover it all here. We could, we only scratched the surface of some of the bigger announcements that were made. Um, but if you want to, I mean, you can come hit us up on Xbox Live sometime. Yes, yes. Hey, if people want to find you, Quentin, on Twitter or Xbox Live, where can they find you at? Well, I'm one of those people who believes in making things easy. And so <laughs> all of my handles are exactly the same. You can find me on the internet, uh, give me my unsolicited opinion about life at, at <laughs> bougieq b-o-u-g-i-e-q uh and that you can find me just about everywhere using that uh using that moniker all right you make harassing you easy mm-hmm. yes and now if people want to harass mike about this xbox one we're gonna do that at mike <laughs> i have a feel like a lot more people are gonna be harassing me about nintendo but if you want to do that you can find <laughs> me at mike royer design on twitter and instagram and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com Chris, you are a, a nonstop resource for uh, every kind of news. I have no idea how you have all the time to collect all of this information. So if people want to get some more of that, where can they find it? Yeah, you can follow me at Twitter at Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, which is also my Xbox Live username. Keep it in with the, the easiness there, Quentin. Hey-o. Uh, and you can read some stuff on Comic Yaw if you want, but uh, you know, uh, Twitter and, and Xbox are, are my, my one sources right now. Played a lot of games this week, so... Uh, and for people who are maybe listening to us for the first time, because they found us from the, our E3 coverage here, where else can they find us at, Mike? Well, as always, you can please visit our website, SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues that we post this show. We are all over the place. We like to cross-pollinate. We are on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Tumblr. You can subscribe to us and get us directly in your email inbox. You can like us on f- Facebook. Not Fistbook, Facebook. Fistbook. I'm sure that's something different. That's a different and book. Then, <laughs> and you can also follow us on Twitter. If you're a fan of the show, maybe consider heading on over to iTunes and leave us a review. I know Quentin's a fan of the show. I know he's left a review, so we really appreciate that. And yes. if you're a super fan, just share the show with a friend. Spread the love of Superhero Slate. And maybe, uh, maybe one day you can get a shout-out from us because we love all of you guys out there that listen to the show. Yes, that's true. And while uh, you were talking, someone I heard a horn honk. I believe um, the new policy is honk if you like superhero slate. Um, that's, <laughs> hey. that's, we're starting that policy going forward. Well, so the, the, free, the freeway us. out here really likes us then. <laughs> yes, it does. Good for us. So, all right. Well, thanks for joining us, Quentin. And uh, I guess we'll see everybody next week. All, all right. right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. <sighs> All right, this is too stressful. I want to. I want to talk about superheroes and video games and stuff. <laughs> <laughs>